Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Hi, this is Michelle Astera from Bel Air, Maryland, and you're listening to Outlander Cast with Marion Blake, the only place for everything Outlander. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. gotta miss that intro. I am so sad that it's only been so short of a time because we didn't get it for all of season three. Hey guys, I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And today we are so happy to introduce Peg Cumby, an amazing patron of ours. Hey Peg, say a little hi. Tell us about yourself. Hi everyone. All that jazz. <laughs> hello, hello. First off, Peg, hi. how do you feel about yes. that new intro song? With the drums and everything. The intro? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it totally fits with, you know, the uh, tone of the show. Mm-hmm. With the drums and the boom ba booms oh, I loved it. I loved <laughs> Enjoyed it. it. I'm going to mm-hmm. be a little sad to see it go myself. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I do miss my bagpipes. I, I'm, I will say that, but the drums were going to be fantastic. So, Peg, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to join us on the, on the podcast today. Uh, I've actually well, thank been, you for having me. Well, you're welcome. I've been looking quite forward to it. So wh- why don't you do us a little favor and uh, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and uh, how you got into sucked into all this crazy outlander world. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona, Diana's hometown. And although I haven't met her in the grocery store lately, <laughs> I did have a chance to, to, to meet up with her or ever met her in a grocery store. I uh, did have a chance to meet with her in person at a book signing she did here a few Sundays back. So, But as far as how I got sucked into the Outlander world, I'm a book fan from way back. And I don't remember how I even found the book or who introduced me to it. But once I read it, I was was hooked on it and it had to be that far ago because she hadn't written the second book yet so uh oh. again long time outlander fan was so excited when uh they were finally coming up with the tv series and just so happy with you know how they've been uh handling the show so before the show before you know this all came to be how did you get your outlander fandom out you know while you were waiting for these books and just did you get to communicate with other people? Did you hang out with other people who liked Outlander? Or was this a secret love of yours? <laughs> it was my own self. <laughs> but there really wasn't any fandom. I just, we just, actually, my husband read the books as well. So, Yay! Um, and we, we actually had the opportunity to, to go to Scotland in July and um, visited uh, a lot of the 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 sites where they've, you know, where they've seen, they've filmed. And of course, when I came back, I had to rewatch the episodes to see where I was just at. And (laughs) it was really, it was a lot of fun. Really was a lot of fun. Tell us a little bit more about uh, meeting Diana. Well, I had, um, when I, when I, there were like five or 600 people there. It was crazy. Uh, and it was a book signing. So, um, when I finally got up to her to have, to have her sign her book, uh, I asked her, I said, do you have, you have uh, time for me to ask you a quick question? And she says, oh, sure. And I won't use first names, but I, I uh, said to her, do you remember, do you recall a, um, a friend of your dad whose last name was Beecham? And she said, well, yes. And her eyes lit up. And I said, well, I work with um, his wife. And I overheard her explaining to another coworker, why her name was pronounced the way it was, you know, where she would, she said, well, our ties to France are old. Yes. And I said, 
I have to ask you, is that where you came up with Claire's last name? And she said, that's exactly wow. where I came up with it. Oh, my because word. Because she wanted, she, wanted, she wanted Claire to have uh, distant ties to France. That's amazing. So, isn't that cool? I love it. That oh, is wow. in, that is incredible. Look at that little <laughs> little in, in, info and in, insight into the outlander. Super sleuth peg. Yeah. What do they say that that one degree away from whatever? Yes. But I said to my coworker, I said have, when after she explained, I heard her explaining this. I said, "Have you ever read the book Outlander?" And she says, "No, but my husband was good friends with Diana's dad years ago." Wow. So that's when I thought, you know what? It. it it's too coincidental. You know, I had to ask her and it was, um, and she got all excited. It was really I neat. Love it. Imagine that. She'd be like, oh yeah, I knew that girl, Diana, Diana <laughs> yeah. what's her name? <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that chick. Yeah. Yeah. Her. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, before we begin, we wanted to let our listeners know that episode 110 of Outlander cast is brought to you by crafty Flutterby creations. Please visit www.craftyflutterbycreations.com and use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST for 15% off your next purchase. All right, Marvin, are you ready to, uh, well, do, do, first of all, do you have any you have any opening thoughts, anything that you need to get off your chest? About? Yes, we, we should have been clear that there was on the television show Jamie giving Lord John Gray the sapphire. Yes. That needs to get off the chest because well, that was a very clear wrong thing. We got we got called out on that. Plenty a, a, of times. A, a couple of times. We hear you. We hear you all <laughs> loud and proud. We get it. <laughs> We're sorry about the sapphire hashtag <laughs> sorry about the sapphire <laughs> all right Marvin, are you ready to uh you ready to unleash the hounds yes are you ready peg yes i am all right let's uh let's do it Well, normally we would actually do the website feedback first, but I decided, you know what, we're, we're, we're changing it up a little bit. Switching it up. Feeling frisky. There you go. And uh, Pig, <laughs> we're going to go with you what? first. You're, you're going to be the first oh. hound, and we're going to go with your GBG. Tell me what oh. Peg Cumbie is your good, bad, <laughs> great. What do you got? Okay, my good. Um, I love the costumes. In the governor's ball. Yes. In the sets. And it was so good to finally see Claire out of her disintegrating bat suit. <laughs> so, and they, the show does such a good job. If they, if they didn't, <laughs> no, it, it just, it, it's, everything just works together. You know, if they didn't have good costumes or sets, then it, it, the show, you wouldn't be, believe it as much, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. so that was my, that was my good. Um, my bad even though it has nothing to do with the acting or the scene, it was hard to watch the slave market. Yeah. Sure. But, um, you know, cause it, it's tough. It, it, you know, history has to be told so it doesn't repeat itself, but to see that in your face and know in reality, it probably was much, much worse mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it's a tour. It, it, it needs to be told. I agree. And what do you got for you? A great. Yes. For my great, um, I don't know if you'll like this, Blake. Uh oh, uh oh! Please don't tell me you're breaking a commandment. Don't break the commandments. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But I know, I know how you don't like coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but in this episode, all the ghosts that came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's. But you know, if if we can believe that Claire can go through the stones and travel through time that there's a force out there that's driving all this. And it's like a, a web has been cast out to pull all of these ghosts back mm-hmm. to the um, conclusion. So we can, um, you know, see where all the, all those ghosts interplay with the, how the story, you know, goes through. So Peg, I'm going to tell you, I don't hate it. I don't there hate it. There you go. There you go. And, and I don't Whoa, hate it. Okay. And I don't hate it because at least, at least there's a conversation there. You know, like it makes that if you're telling me that there's something else that's in this world that's pulling all these people together, you know, there's this kind of gravity around them. Then you know what? I can get on board with that a little bit. That's what Jamie said. But, oh, okay. but, but, but if somebody just is, is telling me, oh, I happened in the book. So that's the way it's got to go. I, that is th- there's no conversation there. There's not there's, there's nothing in the story there. But right. that's why 
But it's, it's, it's all going to tie together, and you see that happening. Good. Well, that's why I don't hate it. You okay? got to have faith, the okay. faith, the faith. <laughs> all right, Marvin, what, what we got on the website? All right, Ali Buru wrote in saying, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Wow, this episode covers the spectrum tonight. Holy moly. I think I have to give it 4.9 kilts. It was amazing. Not perfect by any means, but you had me at bloody foot. Blood, <laughs> all that blood. Oh my gosh, this whole scene captivated me in more ways than one. I think I watched it about a dozen times. Times. And each time, I appreciated the theat- theatrical. How do I say that word? Uh, uh, theatricality. That's there it goes. And buck nutty <laughs> crazy of it all. I just can't tear my eyes away. Morbid as it may be. That is a gorgeous piece of cinematography. The composure, the color, the novelty of this sort of balls-out insanity is amazing. I dig it. Well done. Bravo. I have to say that Lottie Verbeek is simply stunning. She is visually and emotionally arresting. You cannot take your eyes off of her, even though you know it's a train wreck of crazy coming your way. And all you want to do is turn, (laughs) tail, and run. Poor Ian. He never had a chance. Oh, and side note, there is a thing called devil's breath. It is used in South America, and it renders the victim conscious, yet completely docile. Docile? Docile. Docile. I said it right the first time. Look at me. Look at you. And helpless. I'm not sure if it could be used as a tea, but when inhaled, it can be used to obtain information, as the one who has breathed it has no ability to censor what they say. They will and have revealed bank account numbers, addresses, social security information. So, yeah, not so far-fetched in my mind. It's kind, of, it's kind of like you, my love. You're what do you just mean? Walking around, going to people and say, "Hi, my name's Mary. Here's my credit card information. Here's my social security card. I'm so happy to meet you. Can we be best friends?" <laughs> I may or may not kind of act like that. <laughs> that has That's totally been as good happened. as your Claire voice, Blake. Right? <laughs> Who knew? I was Claire. My name's Mary. Oh, that. Oh, it's a little bit more Muppet. It's a little, little bit more, more Muppet. Muppet. Okay. Cla- Claire's more like this. Claire's more whiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peg, what did you think of? The bloodbath. Oh, <laughs> it was quite the like you, you said the threat theatrical. Yes, yep. uh, entrance. Yeah, right. uh, you know it just uh, okay. We're we're getting set up. This lady's evil. Yes, She's bad. Right. In case there She's was any doubt. Blood. and what what i liked about it is that as soon and i remember saying earlier in the last show that what it was like you know it would visually told you everything you needed to know about galas but more importantly you know introductions in, in a television show or a movie like the first scene the first scene of anything sets the tone for what you're going to watch for the next 60 to 120 minutes and if that is the first thing that you see or the first thing you see of Galus, oh my God, the, right? the, the kind of bonkers world that we're getting into here. I love it. <laughs> oh, cray cray. Sound, sound, it's cray cray. Yes. It is cray cray. <laughs> Absolutely cray cray. And, cray. and then um, Bear's music every time she was on. Oh, yes. Too. It's like that. Bear cr- flare. Cr- bear flare with like the crazy violin, like the fluttering like oh, 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 I know? love the bear flare yeah. in this episode Mary Beth Sheets wrote in on the website and she said regarding the timeline discussion I use Gabaldon's timeline page just to keep this all straight it had been three years since Jamie and Lauren John had parted at Hellwater Willie is born in 1758 he is six years old when Jamie leaves in 1964 Jamie marries leg hair in seven what 1764 what did i say 1964 oh, that would have been a lot longer <laughs> that would have been a lot longer his hair would have been longer too jamie marries leary in 1765 and claire returns in 1766 their paths all cross in jamaica in 1767 I just read The Scottish Prisoner, recommend it to Blake, really gets into Jamie and Lord John Gray's bro stuff. This adventure (laughs) is set in 1960. Lord John takes Jamie... Oh, 1760. <laughs> Why am I reading all these dates? Lord John takes Jamie from Hellwater on a spy mission to Ireland, so their relationship is on a more equal footing. Key theme is Lord John Gray does not know Jamie is Willie's father, and when he realizes it in Voyager, is intensified his pining for Jamie. Makes me wonder if there's to be a spinoff in David Barry's future. 
I would actually be totally down with that. I think with the, reading the Lord John Gray. Well, reading it and then also seeing something on stars because we all know that stars in the climate of television today is. Hankering for an extra hunk of Outlander? They need good quality (laughs) entertainment. And yes, a hankering for a hunk of Outlander, definitely. A hunk of Outlander, right? And and, and that David Berry. He's a hunk. He's a hunk. He's a hunk of of Twilight proportion. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Such white skin. I think he would be able to handle a show all by himself as the leading actor. I mean, I mean, he'd need to have some Sam time. Oh, I'm sure that he would. I'm, I'm sure that they could figure it out, you know, amongst each other if they really wanted. But I, I would love to see it, David. How Bain. would you feel about that, Peg? Have you read the Lord sure. John Gray novellas? Um, just a f- not all of them, but a few. The um, Scottish Prisoner. I, re- I think that's the only one I've read with him. I, I just wish we we had gotten, and I know I said this last episode, we got more time with the two. We all want that plate. Oh my we god, I would die. That. Nobody I would die. nobody listening to Outlander cast is like, ah oh man, I wish this season was only seven episodes. <laughs> <That's> true. You <laughs> know? <laughs> we all wish it could have been longer. Uh, Gina wrote in on the website and says, I'm a book reader and I've enjoyed these episodes, but I always felt that the writers in season one were the best. I rewatched season one to see what it was that made it different, and what I came up with was that it was so much more mysterious. The dialogue was richer between the characters, and I feel like much of the dialogue dialogue is trite and contrived in these last episodes, almost one-dimensional. The acting is superb, but the writing is lacking in these last episodes. The regular writers of Tony Graffia and Matt Roberts, who know the book, hit it out of the park, but the new writers seem flat and lacking in this season. I loved the first episodes, and A. Malcolm and Of Lost Things were fantastic. I just feel like they could have made these last episodes, with the exception of the Bakra, could have been enriched with better dialogue between the characters. They need more mystery, more intrigue. They lost precious dialogue between Jamie and Claire with the extended jungle scene and Uncharted. With that said, this last episode was fantastic. Yeah, you know, the the, the, the whole run of the latest few episodes, they've all been written by the new writers that were added to the writer's room uh, after the departure, well, right around the same time of the departure as, as Ann Kenny and Ira Stephen Bear, uh, who were part of the original team during season one. Yeah. I, I, and Peg, I'd love to know what you think about this, but I, I kind of agree uh, with Gina here a little bit. I felt that season one had a little bit more vibrancy and, and a little bit more texture to the writing. The, the latest writing feels to me like it's, it's just a little oversimplified uh, a, a tad bit, except for the one that Joy Blake did. I, I really liked that episode. But Peg, are you? Do you agree with about the new writers, or are you? Are you not on the same page? Well, you know, they, I think they have to simplify it because there's so much that has to be covered. You know, in mm-hmm. this book, mm-hmm. um, I tend not to be overly critical, and I just try to watch the show and enjoy it for what it is. Yep. And, um, <laughs> yep, giving you and high not, fives <laughs> and, and not nitpick it to pieces. And, and being a book reader, I could certainly do that. Well, why did they do this and why didn't they add that? Or, but, um, I'm just in it to enjoy the show. And right. they're doing a, I think they're doing a great job with it. First Wife was the one that, uh, Joy Blake wrote. I really liked First Wife. I thought that was a great episode. I know. I was I was into that one. I went to everything, guys. I'm the five kill queen. <laughs> you are the five kill five five kilts for you, five kilts for them, five kilts for everybody. Oh my gosh, I love it. I can't I'm with wait. You, Mary. Right? <laughs> I can't wait to see the kilt making demonstration. I'm gonna need five. Do- doling out at the party. Doling out five kilts like Oprah doling out mixes and free cars and you know You get a five kilt. You get a five kilt. <laughs> what do we got on Facebook? Okay, on Facebook, Marianne shopping my Shopmeyer? Sure. That's a good one. I like that name a lot. I went back this evening while dealing with our very icy yard of retired sled dogs. Oh. Wow. And listened to the first Outlander podcast with Ron Moore. Listening to his commentary about the initial episode and how he envisions the future and how keeping it real and how you don't have to shove things down the viewer's throats. Well worth the time to listen to his takes and his commentary. Seems like something has changed in their production. Still enjoying the adaptation. Anyway, looking forward to your next podcast. Uh, She said from the comments Blake has made about some of the things they have embedded in these recent episodes, I thought he might find that interesting. I do find that interesting because, again, like I said, the show is always kind of grounded at 
itself in this idea that the 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 one real sci-fi element that it, it has gone under or it has shown you is Claire going through the stones. After that, everything seems kind of on the same track of it's Claire and Jamie traversing through their lives in the 18th century. And it seems like we've gotten away from that a little bit. Uh, and it's great to hear those comments from Ron back, back all the way in, in, back in the day, back in the day from three or four years ago, however long it was. Um, but it's good to see It's good to see an evolution in the show. Do you agree? I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy here for the ride. <laughs> right, Peggy? Um, you know what I do I love? I love this show. <laughs> right? Right? I will listen to okay. anything and everything, and I will read it all, and I will watch it all, and I'm going to just oogle and Google and all sorts of things. Did you like that oogle and Google? Because that is what Outlander Google. fans do. We oogle over, like, photos and news, and then we Google the heck out of things. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tell me everything. Oh, my goodness Tell me gracious. it all. You, you should have seen some of them at the book signing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they get very enthusiastic. Oh my God, I love it. I, I love it. One day, one day. All right, Bronwyn Omgard <laughs> says, so Mary, how many times did you catch yourself before you said, but in the book while watching this episode? She loves the podcast as oh, always. Bronwyn, it was only once. <laughs> it was only one moment. What was it? When that slender Galus got out of the tubby. Oh, okay. I was like, hold up. You've not been eating enough crumpets. <laughs> no, you're supposed to be fat and wobbly. Right? Oh, right? that's funny. And instead, and I just need you guys to rewatch that blood scene because she takes the most, when you think about it, the most awkwardly slow, like very, very slow, like I'm going to be as sexy and slow motion as possible. I don't think I could possibly walk that slow without falling. <laughs> and that blood looks slippery. You hear? Yeah, tell me. <laughs> you want to hear what I read, why she was walking like that? Tell yes. me. Because it, it was so slippery, she was afraid she was going to fall. Oh, good. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. I was like, she's walking so slowly, and I don't know if it's sexy or slippery or both. <laughs> you know, so uh, the, that was the only time Bronwyn. There was that scene when she was walking, and you see it tracks her feet as she's walking out of the tub. Yes. And the blood is dripping around her feet. It is, that is one of my favorite shots this show has ever done. The other, the other one that I really love, too, is back in season one with Blackjack. And he's got the cattails in his hand. And it just shows his feet with the cattails dangling. It actually used to be in the intro uh, of season one. Mm. Um, that was another one of my, I don't know why they're both foot related. That's really weird. That is weird. Are you the foot fetish? Apparently person? I am the foot fetish oh, guy. Geez. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, it just, that shot reminded me of the blackjack one. And I, I really appreciated how that was, how that was composed that shot. Peg, I'm so happy that you told me about the slippery feet. Cause that's what all I was thinking <laughs> between that and my, my CGI nipples. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, so inappropriate. I want to make sure everybody flagged that. Like I said, did you go to that? Did you go into that podcast and just flag that little sentence that Mary said? Just, just keep in the back of your head. <sighs> I guess I can't run for state council. I'm, you know, I'm kind of glad that they didn't put uh, a lot of her beak in a uh, in a uh, in a fat suit. I'm glad that they didn't. Because... I was picturing it to be like the Nutty Professor. Do you remember that movie, Peg? <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> I really was. I was like, are they kind of nutty professorate? This is going to be insane. Well, because then you're going to have to also do like the fat around the face well, and like the arms. Well, like Fat Bastard from uh, that Michael Myers Austin Powers movie. Yeah, but they, he had clothes on. <laughs> you're gonna, you know what you're going to end up with? You're going to end up with Leah Dama in season three of, of Battlestar Galactic. You rem do you remember Fat Lee? Yes. Yeah, so you're going to end up with that and it's not going to look good. No, it would have been so awkward. say we all. It's, gonna, it's not going to look good i'm but happy they, they, then they could they they couldn't have done the the bloodbath scene Correct. exactly bat, um Galus. well yes. i mean they could have <laughs> right. and that actually kind of would have been really cool if they did that but i'm glad that they didn't i'm just i'm glad that they didn't not because you know it just it wouldn't have looked good because of, of a suit and it would have looked weird uh veronica agronoff defoe says blake go back to the ardsmuir episode jamie does hand the sapphire to john now veronica I took this uh, this uh, to heart. Yes. And I did go back to episode 303. Yes, he did. And you, my friend, are... Bam! Just like that. A winner! 
you're a winner. <laughs> you got it right. I was 100% wrong. Apparently, I was sleeping through that pot. But he does, Jamie does hand over the sapphire to Lord John as proof that he did go over to the island and as proof that there was a treasure. So I apologize. I apologize a thousand times. Okay. I was, I was, you're r- allowed r- to be wrong. Don't I worry. Was r- r- wrong. R- <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> my best Fonzie. Okay. Uh, uh, the Fonz, rather. <laughs> my, the best Fonz impression I got. Uh, Sandy McGowan Le- Leap, or Leip, says, I loved the moment when Claire saw Galus and the music changed. Peg, how did you feel about that moment when when Claire saw her? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, ghosts everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And it didn't didn't she didn't she know that Galus wasn't burned? I got a little bit confused with that because when she was looking up uh, Roger's um, history, mm-hmm. isn't that where she oh, found yeah. out that Galus didn't die? I don't know. I'm not sure. I remember, right away. I remember someone. I remember them talking about it that they, she wouldn't. Well, she couldn't have burned right away because she had to have the baby. Right. Exactly. Right. But yeah. I don't remember seeing her. I don't remember seeing her name during Roger's... Galus? I don't remember seeing it. Listen, I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong again. I'm probably, I'm probably yeah. going to be wrong again. <laughs> so I might as well just shut up while I'm ahead. <laughs> um, speaking of that, though, hashtag Bear Flare. And the song changing from what it was to the whole summoning uh, sound, uh, you know, of the... of the. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to sing because that's, that's a commandment. I'm not allowed to sing. Um, but that, that whole song change was, uh, was phenomenal. Um, what do we got next, my love? Donna Antimaranian said that she is so sad for the end of season three, but happy to see everyone who's going to the Outlander cast finale party on Sunday. She, um, did learn what the bend and snap was. Oh, she hey didn't know girl. what this was before. And uh, <laughs> she asked Mary, what were you in a previous life? Inquiring minds want to know. I don't know. Am I supposed to go like get my fortune told to tell me what I, my previous life was? I, I, uh, I need to go see a seer and ask them. My previous life prior to podcasting and children uh, was film production, TV, uh, anchor, and before that was a music teacher and musical theater director. So that's where I learned my <laughs> bend and snap. Ooh. Well, uh, my love, are you ready to take a quick break so we can talk about our sponsor again? Yes. All right, let's do it. Okay, so we want to remind you guys that this episode, episode 110 of Outlander Cast, is brought to you by Crafty Flutterby Creations. Please visit Crafty Flutterby Creations and use the coupon code OUTLANDERCAST for 15% off your next purchase. So I'm going to spell this for you. Crafty, you know how to spell that. Flutterby is F-L-U-T-T-E-R-B-Y. It's like flutter, you know, like your heart's all a flutter, and then... Buy, buy like buy somebody <laughs> flutter buy so they make these handcrafted Michelle Vior makes these handcrafted shawl pins that go on like your knit porn from Outlander you know what I'm talking about like holds it up so in case it was a shawl like if you were to wrap it, it it's gorgeous right gorgeous and, and they go on shawls and scarves and wraps and cardigans and all that other stuff uh, and she has a whole bunch of kind of Highlander Scottish inspired ones, including the thistle pins and the Sassanac English rose, which I myself am kind of partial to. Celtic knots. There's yes. even um, keeping up with the Voyager theme anchors and compass pins. But exactly, this is the season when you are wearing all sorts of knit porn. Right. And she actually has this great new shawl kit where you can knit your own large, war- warm wool shawl. And what? the pattern is inspired by the Dun- Dunalister, the estate, what? with a stone circle for the show was filmed. Hold up. Say that one more time. You can make your own. You make your own and you also get uh, one of the pins and the pattern of the shawl is inspired by the Dunalister estate where the stone circle for the show was actually filmed. O-M-G. So once again, you can get 15% off your offer by uh, using the coupon code There is is one distinction I I want to make. The 15% off coupon is not available for the shawl kit. That is full price. Okay. Anything else in her store where she handcrafts everything in Ohio. Good Ohio girl. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if she's a fan of 
University of Ohio or Ohio State. Either one. I'm not sure. As hey. long as she's not a Michigan fan. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love it. But I love the, it. The distinction is, is that the kit is not 15% off. Anything else in her store. I want you to is. get this kit and I want to see you make this for me. I want you to make me this shawl, please. There is absolutely zero. There is 0.0 chance of All me, I want for me... Christmas is this shawl made by you. <laughs> well, then you're going to be... Oh, no. You're going to be extraordinarily disappointed. I will get you a shawl. <laughs> I, I will. I am happy to do so. I would love to see. But you me knitting one. one, it's going to be a bunch of like knots that you do on your shoe. That's what how it would look. Oh my so goodness. if you want a bunch of bows, then then we can take care of you. Uh, let's do the emails now that we're back. Uh, this one's from Ned, and he said, "Oh, the bloodbath." I know Blake and Mary that you loved it, but she, meaning uh, Galus, should really try. Minute with Mary instead. <laughs> also, can you imagine what a bitch that tub is <gasps> to clean? <laughs> hey, hey, watch your words, Blake. So, I, I'm just... Okay, okay, I'm just okay. reading it. Okay. I'm just reading it. That tub must have been so gross to scrub. So gross. Speaking Ugh. of Galus, you wanted a villain to rival Blackjack. Well, you got one. Mm, I think that's debatable, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, to me, Galus is definitely flat in one dimensional. Blackjack, in my opinion, is it was was much more textured and alive uh, on paper. Uh, Father Foggin was cuckoo for coconuts. Sorry, I had to get that one in. But Blackjack had a dark soul. But I think Galus is actually worse. Sorry to disagree with you about this, Blake. But Galus hasn't changed that much from season one. The problem is that our attention was on Blackjack and Leary as potential threats because they did mean harm or did mean to do harm to Jamie and Claire. Galus was the only one who seemed fine with them being together, so we wanted to like her. But she didn't care one bit about Claire's happiness. She wanted another time-traveling ally to help her with her work. And she knew Claire was a time-traveler from the newspaper clippings upon her return. And being in love with a Scotsman like Jamie kept her there and gave her motivation to change things. Let's not forget about her late husbands, all five of them. That's right, according to the book, Mr. Abner Athy was the fifth husband. The third and fourth ones were in those last 20 years. Also in the book, how she got Dougal's help with her escape was that she threatened to kill their newborn baby. If he didn't, the rattling, as she called it, would die. Listen, commandment number four, book is the book, show is the show. I understand that they, that they, uh, that they highlight each other, but with the show, what the show is telling us is that she's had a, a few husbands, which she, she did kill, I, I will admit, uh, but it served her purpose. It was to further her. It wasn't necessarily I mean, it is evil, but it's not like. Wait, like sed- killing someone is evil. It, I, I did say it was evil, but <laughs> oh, it wasn't okay. sadistic. Yeah. Like, it's not like Blackjack <laughs> Randall, who, who who took pleasure out of the things he yeah, did. She took pleasure killing people. No, I, I think bet. I think it was more of a thing of like uh, pragmatism for her. She needed like the killing the husband in the sixties. That was done because she needed to get back to. Uh, Honey, we cannot. Say that there is oh, anything okay about I'm not killing. saying it's okay. I'm saying it's practical for Galus. And, and, and Blackjack took a little bit more pleasure. Okay. I didn't say it was okay. That's the difference. Okay. Uh, well, either way. Either <laughs> Do way. you like this, Peg? Do you like this conversation? I know. <laughs> How are you feeling, Peg? I'm just yes. here listening, watching. Step on in. Step on in, girl. <laughs> yes, please. Tell, you know what, Peg? Just tell me I'm wrong and I will move on. I promise. No, I could see a little bit where you're coming from because she used them as a a means to get her way. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't seen any evidence of her taking pleasure in it. It's just she she's a user and she used them to get where she wanted to go. It's not even like they were bad guys. It's not like she went to the local jail and found a murderer or some terrible person who was already on death row or something. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to use you. No, (laughs) these were just like... Just going to knock you off. (laughs) Right? Right? Well, here's here's one of the things, though. I would say this. For her to be where she was in season one, I think... If if she was just straight up evil from the beginning, as as Ned is is positing here, I think that is unfair to to Galus uh, because it it just shows that she's just flat. She's just evil for evil's sake. I like the idea of her being somewhat relatively normal. I mean, re- normal as in air quotes. 
and then and then having this arc of being like driven to madness over the past 20 years and that to me is a little bit more vibrant I think she's been crazy since day one, Blake. I think that Galus is the one who's been playing the long game, and that's what we're supposed to be realizing, is that Galus has always been a villain. Mm, okay. What do you think, Peg? I do, too. <laughs> Can't trust that girl. All right. Guess all right. what? Two to one. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Susan Rodin. I'm out. I'm out. And says there is a real <laughs> prophecy called the Burton Virgin prophecy? I sure. can't say. I can't say words today. Okay, <laughs> this is what Wikipedia says. Now, Susan, I love you. Okay, I don't really know who you are because I don't know which Susan this is. But you can't always trust Wikipedia. But I'm going to read it anyway. But I'm just letting you know. Blake's going to do some googling because you can't trust Google either. Blake, Doctor uh, Google is pretty much always wrong. I'm actually doing something else that than Doctor Google always tells me. <laughs> I have I have all these diseases. To the Google mobile. Anyway, uh, here is what the Virgin <laughs> prophecy says. The poem is very indirect in its identification of Scottish kings and uses a large number of obscure poetic images and similes. Unlike the Irish kings in part one, there are no accompanying accompanying glosses naming the kings. However, the Scottish kings spoken of can be identified and the evidence made useful. The poem is one of the most important sources for Scottish history in the period it covers. Well, well there you go. There you go. Dropping a little knowledge on all of us here yes, in Outlander Cast. Yes, thank you, Susan. That is very good. Did I, you know this, Peg? Interesting. Did you know about this? No. no. First time heard of it. Yeah. We learn something new every day. And this is why everybody listens to Outlander Cast. Christine wrote in and gave the kilt rating a 4.7, <laughs> says that she truly loves the, adapt, uh, the, adapt, the adaptive process that the showrunners are following. She's aware of the commandments and respects the commandments, but we have two very different media that work very differently. However, as a book reader, Voyager is one of my favorites in the series. There was so much of this book that I wanted to see in the season, but I am not a purist and can completely understand why the cuts are made and the stories added to make an episode work. I love the book, and when I want to go to a favorite scene that was adapted differently in the show, I just go back to the book and reread. The book will never change. I love the show and will rewatch whenever I can. Peg, please tell me that you yeah. you follow the same mantra. Exactly. Yeah, you, I'm you right when, there. When you want to read mm-hmm. the book, you just when you want to get the things that you want to get, you just go back to the book and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what I've re- well, I gone I've you know gone back and reread. Um, I think twice the whole series. So wow. Wow, that's that's awesome. <laughs> but you know, we're talking about a long period of time here. Yeah, so. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, what what are the parts do you think uh, that the show like it has done in like its best job in adapting uh, from the book? Like the best parts of the show, you think that did a, the best job? Oh, jeez. Go ahead, and pin me down on one. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so many. I just. Uh, I think they they've done an absolutely wonderful job with casting. Oh you know? yeah, yes. it's you know it, it it's they the, those the actors have brought those characters to life. Yep, yep. For me, I don't know, but and Mary, I'm sure yes. you too. Oh yes, yeah. They just embodied the the the, the very essence of the of the characters from the book. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, I totally are, agree. Are you ready to do the Kendra thought of the week? Yay. We we got this one Yay, in for yes. for this specific episode. All right. Let's. Uh, Let's get it done. Actually, before we begin, we want to let you know that uh, this Kendra Thought of the Week is actually brought to you by... Yay, by MeetItWithMary.com. It's a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman. Now, patrons who are the Sassanac level or above uh, get a 10% discount. You just got to message me on Facebook so that I make sure to hook you up. But otherwise, head on over <laughs> to Facebook and search the hashtag MeetItWithMary. Please request to join my VIP group. I share videos and different little fun things there. So once again, hashtag uh, uh, Blake. Sorry. You blew me up. I did blow you up. <laughs> sorry, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, do it again. I thought, I thought you were done. Hashtag Minute with Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gave me a breath like you were done. Sorry, I was just breathing. I was out of air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? We got to do it again. Here we go. Okay. While there was an astute listener who spoke about a good episode followed by a weaker one, and while I disagree with her assessment of the previous episode, I will admit that her formula holds up in this case. 
This episode fell a bit flat for me, with some brief shining moments amid glaring issues gleaned from the source material. What I loved, Galus Duncan. Lada Verbeek imbues a glorious kind of crazy that's been sorely missed since season one. Her entrance is stunning, and the nod to Countess Bathory is chillingly appropriate. Goat's blood my ass. Best character entrance ever. <laughs> yes. The interplay between Galus and Ian is fantastic, and the scene is creepy perfection. Uh, Lada steals every scene she's in, as does my other favorite of the episode, Lord John Gray. I simply cannot say enough about David Barry. He elevates not only the scenes he's in, but the actors around him, and he does it in such a subtle, unassuming way. The genuine warmth between Jamie and Lord John is palpable. This is going to sound strange, but Barry reminds me of Marilyn Monroe, both in terms of his emotional vulnerability and the way his face moves. His expressions change like ripples moving across water. Unique enough in a female ingenue like Monroe, and downright unheard of in a male actor, He's mesmerizing to watch. Because of this, it makes perfect sense that we'd see some jealousy from Claire, mm-hmm. because those looks were not of the bromance variety. Nice. Heck, at this point, I'd ship Jamie and Lord John. <laughs> those were my high points, though, and the rest of the story elements in about half of the episode either fell flat for me or just outright irritated me. The slave market. Ugh, can we not? I hated this in the book, and I hated it in the show. Don't use slavery as a plot device. Just don't. Unless you're going to do a whole episode devoted to it where it's not a stepping stone to finding a white kid, you know, like a very special episode of Outlander, leave it alone. Use something else to further the plot rather than actually buying a slave. It smacks of opportunistic writing and gives Claire a chance to feel good about herself while at the same time employing a slave as a spy. Was he really going to say no? And finally... Jamie getting arrested. Okay, what? Lest we forget, we have one episode left and major story points to cover. And now we've got to get Jamie out of the slammer yet again? Because apparently it's Friday, this is suddenly days of our lives, and Hope was home for five minutes. Claire and Jamie have been separated for half the season already. We need them working together as much as possible. That's when Outlander shines. That said, why is it now suddenly all about Jamie's peril? Why are we already forgetting about Ian? He's about to get raped and murdered, but we're back to jailbird Jamie. I hope they can turn it around for the finale, and I trust that they can. Uh, This show has a proven track record by now of stellar finales, even last season, which, (laughs) well, it needed a great finale. I'm struggling (laughs) with a kilt rating for this one, but I think I'll give it four because the good stuff was great. I'm looking forward to the finale and will miss seeing all of you at the party. Talk to you next week. Sayonara from Japan. Now, Peg, I have the benefit of watching you here uh, <laughs> on my screen. There was a point when you were shaking your head. I'm not going to say in disgust, but you were shaking your head at one point and you were like, Mm-mm, nope, 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 nope. Please, please. I, I know you respect what Kendra has to say, but please do and, and inform me as to what you were shaking your head about. <laughs> About the slave market. Okay, why were why yeah. why do you disagree? Because I, I, as I said before, you know it's it it's it's part of history and it needed to be shown what was going on at the time and you know lest we forget the horrible things that have happened, um, and you know they, they by. You know, buying, I can't say his name, Temerari or whatever, <laughs> you know, that was their means to to get um, uh, Ian, you know, and rescue him, you yep. know, so it, it had to be, it had to be part of the, the, the plot. Gotcha. How did you, you know, feel to, about... To, to get him, so... Yeah, how did you feel about the scene where they were discussing, like, slavery, and then it went right to Mr. Willoughby being so funny... <laughs> You know that moment? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, like, yeah. so weird, right? Did you feel well, that way? And they, I, I still didn't get the Margaret Willoughby connection there. It's <laughs> how he immediately was attracted to her. Okay, yes. You know, I, yes. I, the only thing I can think of that they were kindred spiritual, you know, beings you're, or whatever, and that shipping. was his attraction. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, well, you know, it's they've got to they've 
we got to move the story forward. That's it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was a way to, you know, to get to get your mind off of you know the awful slave market. Okay, well let's 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 do something a little fun here. Let's have a little hashtag Marcho. March. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and as far as you know, Jamie getting, um, you know, arrested again. Well, we darn know well Lord John's going to get him out, and that's not going to be a major plot issue. You know, we'll probably see him out of jail. You know, when the the, um, the next episode episode comes up. Right, right. So that didn't bother me at all. But it was it what touched me is Jamie giving Claire the portraits of the children. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Because he knew if he got caught with them, you know, that that probably would, would have exasperated things. <laughs> yep, I would agree. I would agree. Well, uh, my love, are you ready to uh, get into the rest of the voicemails? Yes, I am. Are you ready, Peg? I'm here. All right, let's do it. Hi, Marion Blake. This is Kathy from Cleveland, Ohio. I just discovered the podcast a few weeks ago, and this is my first time calling. I'm giving this episode five kilts. It wasn't flawless, but it was riveting from beginning to end. I love the cold open showing us what happened to Wee Ian. It allowed the remainder of the episode to flow and advance the plot without too much straight exposition. The scenes in the slave market and afterward when Claire becomes a slave owner gave me the creepy crawlies, Hmm. and that really helped convey how mortified Claire was in that situation. Jamie and Claire's banter while they were waiting in line to meet the governor was just precious, talking about Marcelli and Fergus's public displays of affection and comparing them to when they were first married, of course followed by a wee bit of straight-up eye sex. (laughs) I adored all the scenes between Lord John Gray, Jamie, and Claire. The interchange about Willie was both heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time, if that's possible. And I nearly fell off the couch when Lord John said to Claire, Well, it certainly is a pleasure to finally meet the love that was his every heartbeat. My favorite bit of dialogue from this episode, though, was when Lord John referred to Gail as saying, she is a touch strange, isn't she? And Claire replies, you have no idea. My good, David Berry's portrayal of Lord John is just breaking my heart. My bad, Galus's wigs. Even the one from the opening sequence makes Jenny's wig from First Wife look like a natural head of hair. And my great is John Bell's performance as Wee Ian. He's really nailing it. 90% terrified and 10% horny 15-year-old boy. I'm looking forward to seeing much more of him in future episodes. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for calling in. And being a new listener and a new Yay! caller, well, you already got your sound. But I will say, thank you. I'm very impressed by the fact that you are respecting the commandments and calling him we Ian. Yes. Uh, as opposed to young Ian. I do, do, do appreciate that. All right, let's do the next one. Hello from Highlands of Scotland. It's Kirsten Lane here. Hey, girl. I'm a massive fan of Blake and Mary and all that they do. And they feel like friends. Just the podcast is great. Anyway, I don't get the show until Monday here in Scotland. So I don't usually get, get time to game a tuppence worth. But all I wanted to say was about this episode is Gellis, my goodness. She is like Lilith, Queen of the Damned, or some kind of nympho Carrie. Quite <laughs> disconcerting with the blood and the behaviour with wee Ian. Very chilling, but at the same time a bit hilarious. Is it pure theatre or is it genuine madness? <laughs> Who knows? My great thing I loved was Jamie and Claire. That look, we all know that look. That rumpy pumpy look. That hide the sausage later look. <laughs> just loved that part of it. And but the other thing that kind of annoys me now is the coincidences. Everyone being in the right time, at the right place. Oh. Everyone meeting. It's a big world. All these people kind of landing in Jamaica at the same time. Or bad things that happened. And Jamie keep getting caught and taken away from Claire. In the books when I was reading it, it didn't bother me so much. But now it's like a shovels to the face. Really obvious. So that's kind of all I want to say because I'm going to run out of time. Bye, everybody. Kirsten. <laughs> oh, my God. You you are in the Hall of Fame of Mary and Blake for, for multiple reasons, okay? Nympho Carrie. Nympho Carrie might be the... Fu- <laughs> it took every ounce of my concentration to, to not scream laughing from Nympho Carrie. That was fracking awesome. Thank you for that. I will never, ever, ever forget that. Ever. Oh, oh, and then and the fact that, that you just agree with me. I I, then I the, just liked that she threw in a rumpy pumpy. 
And then, <laughs> and then we got the accent called from the Highlands. Of All-Star. All-Star Hall Scottish of Fame. Scottish accent saying, a nympho carry. Yes. I, I think I need to like like isolate that and just save it and put it on and the board. And just repeat it and actually get the loop of Galus coming out of the tub covered in blood. <laughs> Nympho carry. Nympho carry. Nympho carry. Oh, Kirsten, thank you. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Thank you for that. That just made my week. Hey, Mary and Blake. This is Caroline from Chicago. Um, I love the bakra, which reminded me a lot of baklava, which is a delicious Greek dessert. Oh, I'm yeah, not girl. sure if I'm the only one who got caught on that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I sure did. Um, anyways, my good was the acting and the love triangle between Lord John Gray, Jamie, and Claire. If looks were worth a thousand words, and this episode was three hours long, because my gosh, the the looks that Claire gave to Lauren John Gray that were territorial, and uh, Lauren John Gray's expression of love and unrequited love towards Jamie, and Jamie looking at Claire. I mean, the acting was fantastic, and I and I love the three of these guys together in this episode. Yes, my bad was Jamie saying his famous last words: "I won't lose you again, Sassenaf." And sure enough, being separated at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. I found that a little frustrating, yet again. And my great was Galus Duncan. I love an evil and complex villain. That's why I love Black Jack Randall so much. And I think Galus is better than ever. And I'm so happy she's in these last two episodes. All right. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to hear your live uh, podcast at the finale. Thanks Thanks. so much. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just, I love talking about Blackjack Randall. If, if I could do that just over and over and over again, I totally would. Uh, are you ready to get into the other uh, last few voicemails yeah. that we have? Okay, let's do it. Hey, Blake, it's Leslie Ross down in Westchester, New York. Uh, it was nice chatting with you. I'm sorry I bothered you. That was weird. Anyway, here's what I wanted to throw out at you. I have read the books. I've read all the books. And I'm a show watcher, and I love them both. And I don't have a problem when they change it. I, I'm totally fine with it. It, it. In fact, it's fun sometimes to see a little different thing going on. My question to you, because you're the conspiracy theory guy. Ooh. Hey, girl. Do you find it a little odd that Joe Abernathy was Claire's friend back in Boston, the doctor, and Gail's last name is Abernathy? Like, I don't know. I think that's a little peculiar, and I guess it didn't occur to me when I read the book, but I don't know. I just think it's weird. I was curious about what you thought of it. I mean, it's not exactly like Smith or Jones, (laughs) but then again, that would be a little strange, too. So, just throwing that out at you, see what you think. Listen, if I don't speak to you, have a great holiday season, and regards from URI to Mary. Yay! (laughs) really quick before i comment on this uh leslie uh i was at, i was at the donut shop i was working and apparently i had my personal cell phone number up on the facebook page for mary and blake <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm at the donut shop and i i get I, my phone's ringing i answer i'm like wow this is weird okay i don't know this number I answer i go hello and she goes oh my god i I didn't really want to talk to you. I just wanted to leave a voicemail. <laughs> why do you got your number up on the Facebook page? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why. Uh, this is really weird. And but it was really. I had I had a chance to talk with Leslie for a couple of minutes. We had a few laughs, and I told her I would I would reference that phone call in this podcast. That's amazing. It, it actually is quite amazing. So Leslie, thank you so much for uh, for calling me and. Uh, that is was, your cell phone number still up on the Facebook? No, no, page? no, no, no. I changed okay. that. Okay. I changed okay. it. I changed it. I, I still don't know why it was up. At any rate, instead, call uh, the Outlander Cast hotline. There you go. Uh, do I think it's a coincidence? Absolutely not. No. Uh, and I think it's one of those things that Outlander is being cute with itself and referencing the fact that Joe, Mister Doctor Abernathy, was uh, is somehow biologically related to one of the. Many uh, servants or slaves at the Abernathy uh, estate, which is usually they would take the surname of their owners. So I don't think it's lost on the writers or Outlander, the story itself. So, no, I don't think so. So it's Teddy Potter in New Jersey. Hey, Teddy. I haven't called for a while because, as Blake knows, I haven't been thrilled with this season. 
so far, and Voyager is really one of my favorite books of the whole series. Maybe Droughtlander was too long. Maybe my love and my knowledge of Voyager is too strong. Um, but I don't like some of the additions that took away valuable story time. There was no reason to make up shite. <laughs> so I got that off my chest. But I will tell you that the last two episodes I just love. Uh, they're bringing Voyager, as I know it, back to me, the story that I love. I know that what I see on TV is not going to be the same as in the book. But truth be told, I'm looking for the essence of the books as I watch the show unfold. And I feel like I'm getting it in the last couple of episodes. Really good was um, the costumes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Willoughby's jacket, Yi Chen Cho's jacket, was to die for. Um, and actually, the whole character of Yi Chen Cho is to die for compared to the book. I mm-hmm. like him better on screen than in the book. There you go. Yep. Um, they took away a lot of the cultural offensiveness, which I found every time Diana Gabaldon called him a little Chinaman. I wanted to, like, rip the page off the, out of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given him a lot more cultural integrity, mm-hmm. um, and I really like the way they have developed this character. The bad was Galus taking a bath in goat's <laughs> blood, and unless they put some kind of anti-platelet agent in that blood, it really would have been uh, a tub full of jello. Ew. Blood jello. Yum. <laughs> And the great was all of the eye sex that was going on between Claire and Jamie. And my husband, Mr. Potter, really liked the scene of Claire and Jamie uh, eyeballing each other. And there was Lord John eyeballing Jamie. Claire eyeballing Lord John for his eye sex on Jamie. (laughs) So there you go. A lot of unspoken words. I really like this episode very, very much, and I'm glad to be back on the wonderful podcast of Outlandercast. Thank you so much, guys, and I can't wait to see so many of you on Sunday at the Outlandercast finale party. Woot! <laughs> she got the last quick goodbye in. That was great. I love it. Good I job. love it. Coagulated <laughs> Jello blood. Our, our our callers are the best, man. <laughs> Jello blood and and and, and nympho carry. Yes, amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, Miriam Blake. It's Donna. It is with heavy heart I call in for my GBG for episode three twelve. Hard to believe there is only one more episode left. I really enjoyed this episode and given it a 4.9 kills. I know many feel that this episode was a bit of a departure from the book, but I felt the gut of the storyline was there, and that is what I look for with any adaptation. The good, Cray Cray is back, and she's in her bloody glory, but Goat's Blood, hmm, what really happened to all those boys? The whole cold open, or as Ashley called it, the creepy-ass open, had me on the edge of my seat, literally. Five kills for... Lottie and John. As with every episode, the season's kudos for the bear flare. The bad, the ending, really. Claire and Jamie separated again. Jamie getting arrested again. Guys, this is getting old. My great, aside from the great Isaac, has to be the um, scene between John, Jamie, and Claire. Can you say awkward and a little tense? Well, it should be. Because of a little reveal back in episode 306, I was a little concerned with how this meeting would play out, and I liked it. I am just loving Dave Barry as Law John Gray. Great casting. I did have a couple of laugh-out moments, thanks to our Craig Craig Geely, quoting Casablanca and then referencing Benjamin Button with the Campbells. Obviously, Geely was well-read before she came through the stones. I'm looking forward to Sunday night to see everyone, but not saying goodbye to season three. It has been quite a ride. Until then, talk to you later. Bye. I love how cray-cray has become a thing. 
Cray cray has totally become a thing. And like we're spreading the cray cray. It's, oh my it's God. awesome. All thanks to my beautiful bride sitting across the way from me. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for this blessing. Oh, you know, you know this is what I go down in history for. <laughs> cray cray and five inch nipples. Up, oh, uh, uh, CGI, CGI nipples. Yes. Not, not five inch nipple, but five. Yes. Yeah, I know. I got you. They're, those would be big cherries. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more like grapefruit oh my god oh my god alright we got the last voicemail your nipples are staring at me like grapefruit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh god red grapefruit I love yes. I love this show I freaking love this show so much this is great Mary and Blake it's Jenny from Grass Valley again and I can't believe I forgot this I think that Lord John Gray, I'm not sure if I've heard people talk about this, but Lord John Gray is such a redemption for Jamie from uh, Blackjack. You know, here's this guy who wants Jamie's body, but he totally doesn't manipulate Jamie. He doesn't take advantage of him. He is his friend, and he cares about his heart and what he's going through, and it's just such a healing experience for Jamie. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just saying that there's remnants there. And I think that Claire, too, you know, she was the one who was able to help bring Jamie back from the dark side and that there would be more healing and that it would come from this other man who, you know, I just think there's something there. So that was my second point. Love your podcast. So thankful for it. And, um, yeah, I look forward to listening more and more thanks bye-bye oh thank you jenny thank you so much what do you think peg about about uh lord john gray is he is he the foil for blackjack randall is he the exact opposite and a good thing for jamie i don't know if he's a foil um you know he obviously cares for for jamie very much and it was when they were the three of them were together, my thought was, "Oh, look at those googly eyes going between the <laughs> two of them." But <laughs> he 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 has he'll he'll be back, and he plays a big part in Jamie's life, mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a good thing. Good, good. Well, uh, my darling, are any final thoughts uh, or any last demons you got to get out before uh, we 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 bring the hounds back in? No, I'm just so excited. Me too. Me too. Peg, you got anything? What are your final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. Hey, girl. Yes. And uh, I really, I totally enjoyed this this episode, but I enjoy all the episodes. So, like I said, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I will tell you, I am ready for the finale. I'm, I, let's go, baby. Let's go. I, I am pumped. I'm... Sh- I'm jacked. I'm pumped and jacked like uh, just like everybody else on this planet ready for the finale on multiple mm-hmm. levels because um, the finale is – finales are so special. Like Mary and I, we I finally got the guts to watch the series finale for Halt and Catch Fire last night. And um, like I got all emotional. I was watching it and it was just like <gasps> – it like broke my heart. I, I didn't want to let it go. And it, of course, that was the series finale. But this one, finales are just special. There's, there's always mm-hmm. a heightened sense of writing. There's always a heightened um, uh, uh, vo- visual vocabulary. There's always a, a heightened, uh, even uh, budget for finales. So I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see what Outlander and Kendra was right. They always Outlander brings great finales. Always, 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 always. Uh, so I and you hope it's enough to get us through through the Droughtlander, right? Yes. Right. I mean, even you know, so. even the season that shall not be named had a fantastic finale. It I did. mean, a truly mm-hmm. fantastic finale. So I cannot wait. All right, let's uh, let's reel the hounds back in. My love, are you ready to close out this Marconi Award winning show I of uh, of Outlander cast? You bet. All right, let's do it. Super excited. As you've been able to hear multiple times in this podcast, we're going to be having a live podcast streamed over Facebook. So if you cannot make it to the Outlander Cast season finale party, you can still be a part of it. First and foremost, you can search the hashtag Outlander 
season uh, finale party. Yes. Hashtag Outlander finale party. That is going to be our hashtag so you can see what's going on, see some live videos, some pictures, and you can feel like you're there. You can feel like you're there. But then we are going to have a live podcast at what time? Oh, we I, I believe it's going to be around 9.30. 9.30. So around that time, make sure that you are following our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outlandercast, because that is where we are going to be streaming our live podcast I'm, in I'm front actually, of a studio audience. I'm actually terrified of this. Ah. I, we're going to be doing this in front of a hundred studio God. audience. Do you know Do you know how many how many tens of thousands of people listen to this show? And like, I'm never nervous. I know. But I'm going to do it in, in a room full of a hundred people and I'm, and I'm, nervous. Oh, I'm paralyzed. I love it. I oh. love it. <laughs> so definitely You'll join in. Fine. I'm even nervous. I'm even nervous in front of Peg. Yeah. Ne- never mind a hundred people. Oh, get it out. <laughs> we cannot wait. I want to give a huge thank you to our most recent iTunes reviewers. I a girl in SOMD uh, said it's her new obsession. Love our podcast. Um, EPUBs said great, wonderful things, called us even friends. Oh. And Alexandra Mandato Photography, super excited and says that we're enjoyable. Any, so Any mean tweets? No, no mean iTunes reviews oh, recently. Crap. So thank you guys. Crap. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep sending those in. I also want to give a big thanks to some of our highest um, level patrons. We have Peg, who's joining us tonight. Hey, girl. Anne and Bobby, Carolyn, Tara, Sharon, Tracy, Lisa, Meredith, Amy, Christina, Sue, Keelan, Meredith, Liz, Dana, Nikki, and Michelle, Jennifer, Lauren, Heather, and Marilyn. Thank you guys so much, and thank you to all of our patrons. And a huge shout out, guys. We are officially at 248 patrons hey girl. supporting wow. Outlander Cast. So here is my challenge. My challenge is to get it to 250 by the season finale. Okay. So that's a couple of days, and that's just a couple of patrons. And I think we could do it. I'll be so excited. I will be so excited. So please, if you uh, value the the podcast, if you value the website, think about heading on over to patreon.com slash outlandercast. You do get exclusive little perks, and you get the episodes early and all that jazz. So thanks again to all of our, uh, our patrons. We truly appreciate it. Yes, and remember, our next goal is $1,600. And if we do get that... That means you guys, even including you, Peg, you get to pick our oh. next podcast. Woohoo! You know, just for just for the record's sake, what would you like us to podcast about next? What's your vote, Peg? Oh, oh, put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't think of something. I'll that's think okay. of something. Like, that's you know, cool. How's that? That's that's cool. I can get I can get down with that. I'll just count your vote towards towards Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, how's that sound? <laughs> <No>. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Peg. I really appreciate that vote. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Once again, keep your eyes and ears um, ready for the season finale. We can't believe it's going to be here. Let's go, it, baby. Yes. And Woo! if you have any friends who list, love Outlander but don't yet know about Outlander Cast, spread the word. We're going to continue to pump out amazing blog posts. We're going to have Ashley and Nikki at the helm of the Minute by Minute recap and live blog going on Sunday night. That's right. They're going to be doing it live from the Outlander Cast finale event, the party. Gosh, there's just so much. All right. So <laughs> thank you, Peg, so much for joining us tonight. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was a blast. No problem. We loved having you. You were phenomenal. And (laughs) all the lads and lasses, thank you for so much for listening. My name is Mary Larson. I'm Nympho Carey. (laughs) 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 And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.